Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 46, uh, the, the the Joe Biden episode, some would call it, and most importantly, the Wild Card Weekend recap episode, where we will recap all six games from Wild Card Weekend and also preview the four upcoming, some really important and cool games in Divisional Round. We'll also talk uh, Fantasy Corner, where we will have our Stardom, Sidham, and Sleepers, and then hopefully at the end of the episode, at the end of the episode we'll just kind of vibe a little bit so uh and get you set up for another great weekend of football playoff football uh cam I, i'm luke and cam you want to start us off with the wildcard weekend rundown yeah let's go ahead and get into it playoffs luke playoffs baby so here we go we start off the postseason with soup for wild card weekend and in an in-division matchup between Gino and Brock, Mr. Irrelevant, and Kyle Big Brain Shanahan were big favorites in this one. But Gino and DK were looking to pull off the huge upset. And after a bomb connection late in the second quarter, the 49ers were still going to head into the locker room with a lead. But wait, Jimmy Carter Ward spears the sliding QB and give the Seahawks a free field goal before the half. But in the second half, it began to fall apart as Kyle Shanahan put his Brock in the hole on the goal line to retake the lead. And after a good retaliation drive by the Seahawks, it ended in a bad way. As much like on that fateful January 6th day, people were saying, watch out for Nick Bosa as he got the strip sack and fumble recovery. Things unraveled from that point, and the Seahawks were blown up into smithereens from a drone strike by Barack Purdy Obama to Debo Samuel for a 47-yard touchdown, and the Santa Clarins went home happy as they move on and sweep the Seahawks with ease, 41-23. to All right, and next we head to for an absolute stadium party on Saturday night for a fun battle between the San Diego Super Chargers and the Jags. From the jump, the Chargers dominated on all fronts with not one, not two, not three, but four first-half picks, three of them to Asante Samuel Jr., and most of them really, really bad. And other stupid mistakes on defense and special teams, including a doink off the helmet of a Jags player. Jags fans were left wondering if this miracle run was Trover, but the people forgot that Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday, and a touchdown before half gave them the spark they needed. And just when everyone thought the Chargers-Chiefs rematch would happen, the real Chargers showed up. The Jags slowly crept back in while they were keeping up with the Joneses as both Marvin and Zay caught touchdowns to get the Jags within 10 at the end of the third quarter. With nine minutes left to go in the game, Brandon Staley stuck to his aggressive roots and went for it on fourth and short on the border of the red zone. Oh, wait, Cam, that was actually a lie. He actually sent out the kicker to miss a field goal. Then the fighting dogs let a drive to bring it within a score and were aided by a Joey Bosa anger outing and able to go for two to make it just a two-point game. After the Jags force a three and out, Doug Peterson pulls some 1960s trickery out of his hat on fourth and one to get into field goal range where Riley Reed Patterson is able to slot it between the legs. And Duval County is jagging <laughs> off with a win, 31-30 to 30 over the Chargers. What a Saturday. 
After a good night's sleep, we headed up to Buffalo, New York, where the Bills took on divisional rival, the Dolphins. It was what expected to be a blowout. The Bills were showing why they were preseason favorites, getting out to a quick 17-0 lead just like that. And just when all hope seemed to be lost, Josh Allen committed his first of three turnovers and channeled his inner Black Air Force energy and proceeded to start a fight for no reason. After a pair of field goals, Brett Favre tried to give the Bills some extra points before the half, but ended up throwing a pick and giving the Dolphins an easy tutty. Out of the gate, the Dolphins' DM Bradley used his chub to knock the ball out of Allen's hands, and the Dolphins took it back for a touchdown and the lead. But that was the strike that woke the beast, as Cole Beasley receives a shot from Josh Allen, the first shot he has ever gotten. And Big Game Gabe also helped extend the lead. But Miami wasn't done yet, as Mike McDaniel vaped up a touchdown drive to bring the Dolphins within four. However, in the fourth, the Daniel in his name turned into McCarthy as the game clock was completely forgotten about by the Dolphins' head coach. As the offensive time and time again was battling the ticking play clock and on fourth and one for midfield, the clock finally struck midnight and a delay of game was taken to end Miami's great season. Bills survived the Skyler attack and a few Tony Romo, eh, I don't know, Jims, in advance with a 34-31 to 31 victory. And next, we head up to the bank in Minnesota where the fam's vibes were high and the school, 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 school chants were fired up and ready. Kurt got the boys going with an opening drive touchdown, but after that, it was the Daniel Dime show, and playoff Dan rushed and passed all over the Vikings' defense. Saquon got in some early action as well, channeling the Penn State days for a 28-yard touchdown to tie up the game. However, Daniel became Dan today, as Mr. Jones was showing his maturity and grit. After a 20-play, 10-minute field goal drive by the Giants, the Vikings were able to battle back and make it a three-point game before halftime. But Big Ball Dayball left no room for a comeback as Daniel Cody Bellinger caught a touchdown to extend the lead on the opening second-half drive. But playoff Kirk had other ideas, finding hard-working wide receiver Adam Thielen for some big gains. And before we knew it, we had a tie game entering the fourth. While Victor Cruz, Odell Beckham, and Plexico Burris are long retired, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, and Richie James took their role, balling out for their QB. But Daniel Jones said, no more Mr. Nice Guys. He led a go-ahead touchdown drive. And with the game on the line and the Vikings needing a touchdown to keep their season alive, TJ Hawkinson made some big catches. And after a Dexter Lawrence tackle on Kirk Cousins, while he had the ball, the ref said, uh, you can't do that. And had Kirk saying, you like that? After a horrible roughing the passer penalty. But fate. Always wins out, and the ball never lies. And on fourth and eight, season on the line, Cousins throws it five yards short of the down marker. And Cam, listen to this. The New York football giants set the stage for an NFC beast showdown next week in primetime in the divisional round, defeating the fraudulent Vikings 31-24. to Now we head to Southern Ohio for an AFC North battle between the Bengals and Ravens. The endangered Ravens were trying to extinct the Bengals from the 2022-2023 season. 
but the Zach attack and Joe Cool had other plans. And while everyone thought this was going to be a blowout, we should have known that any divisional battle in the offs is going to be back and forth. Baltimore was without Lamar Jackson for another week as he battles back from his moonwalk knee injury. But the classic Burrow Chase touchdown reminded groundhogs and football fans alike how unique that connection is, putting the Bungles up nine. But then Tyler, the creator, Huntley, put on a performance and J.K. Dubbins was looking to give the Ratbirds a W by scoring a touchdown before the half to take the lead 10-9. to But in a touching tribute to Puss in Boots, it was Sammy Hubbard and the Bengals who honored their final life, stopping Huntley on the goal line and returning the fumble for a whopping 98-yard score. As the Bengals were saying, get that guy some oxygen. The Ravens were saying, get that guy his money as the Lamar Jackson offseason begins. Bengals hold on and win this one 24-17. And finally, to cap off our super wildcard weekend, we find ourselves down in beautiful Tampa Bay, where it seemed just like a new era, or it seemed, seemed like a new era was on the Gulf Coast skyline. And as Cowboy Cam, as he said last week, it was time for a Cowboy takeover. As Dak dual threat attack, Prescott played the best game of his NFL career to keep the haters at bay for at least another weekend. Brett Boy Walsh Maher tried as hard as he could to prevent the Cowboys from winning, though, missing four straight extra points, which may be an NFL record, and sending the Cowboys into the trust issues with your kicker category and robbing us of a wild card weekend over sweep. Brady and the Brady and the Byron Leftwich often struggled mightily and couldn't get scores on the board until garbage time. And because of all this, Leftwich and eight other Buccaneers staffers were sentenced to walk the plank. And as for Golden Boy Tom, he went ahead and sang his final swan song, singing, Yo ho, a pirate's life is not for me. Cowboys win this one 31 to 14 and get their first ever road win uh, since 19, or road playoff win since 1993. And that wraps up the wild card weekend yes. recap. And what a fun weekend that was. Five out of the six overs hit. It and was. Literally, if Brett Maher nailed one more extra point, uh, we would have had an over sweep. All six of the overs would have hit. But fortunately, Brett Maher is a gambling man. He couldn't allow that. So. <laughs> um. And maybe the most important thing, Luke, besides that, is every single one of these games was good except for probably the Monday night game. Because in my opinion, even the Seahawks 49ers game, that game was really good up until the Geno Smith fumble. I mean, the Seahawks uh, tied them going into half. Or no, they were up by one, I believe, 17 to 16. So um, that was a really good game as well. And besides when the 49ers took control, like it was still fun to watch. Like Debo was, you know, going nuts and the defense was just flying around, um, was sad. Although I will say this about the Cowboys game as well. Their offense was very fun to watch as well because Dak was just on fire. And you also had the added benefit of is Brett Maher going to miss this extra point after they score as well. So two fun little tidbits there in that game yeah i mean 
just trotting him out there for five, you know, he's missed four extra points and you trot him out for a fifth time. Like that's kind of insanity. Now, granted he didn't make it on the fifth time, but that that's just stupid. Just go for two at that point. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not big brain. Literally if they went for two every single time, they, they probably would have had a whole nother touchdown worth of points. Um, just, just a guesstimate on that. But, but there's a good chance that would have happened. <laughs> but you are advancing in the playoffs, and if your kicker knows that you still have confidence in him, then that's probably going to pay off way more than going for mm-hmm. two every single time after missing two extra points. I will say that. So, um, Mike. Still showing some trust in his kicker. And Jerry. Jerry said he's, you know, we're rolling with Brett. We'll be fine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think that was – Do you I see Mike in the locker room after the game with the uh, the chains? He, he got the chains. He was doing his a little dance in the locker room after the game. That was – it, it kind of scares me a little bit because that's, that's the Kirk Cousins treatment, and we saw what happened to uh, them this weekend. So, even though Kirk didn't play bad, that, that was the part that – I think he was getting some unnecessary hate in that game. He played really good. I, I'm going to look up his exact stat line right now, but he didn't do anything to lose that game. People are blaming him for throwing it short on fourth down, which which was stupid. Well, but that's it. I mean, that's throughout all throughout the course of the game. To, really. he, yeah, exactly. He went 31 of 39 for 273 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. So he played a clean game. And uh, he also had one rushing yard for a touchdown. So he had three total touchdowns um, in that game. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for at a Kirk in that game. Them. The defense has to step up. Yeah. The defense got to step up in that one. Yeah, and I think that's why they're – today and yesterday, they've, they've been moving on from a bunch of their defensive staffers um, – much like the Buccaneers, uh, mm-hmm. it appears that Todd Bowles is not the one getting the boot. It appears that they're using guys like Byron Leftwich and the rest of the staff as their out card in terms of why this team was so bad this year instead of Todd Bowles being a bad head coach, in my opinion. Um if you're going to fire all those guys, I don't understand how you don't fire Todd as well. Um, he was there just as much as them. So, well, um, it, Todd Bowles, that makes you know, sense, but he was on that staff, though. You know, he was on that staff two years ago when Arians was the coach, and it was kind of up in the air who was going to get the job, Leftwich or Bowles, and they gave it to Bowles because the defense was stout, um, and he had some head coaching. But prior to that, which was not good either, Lucas, um, actually <laughs> yeah. probably worse um, than this. And But this was just as bad because you had a good team, lots of injuries, but he just didn't look like that guy you wanted to, to run through a brick wall for, Luke. I'll say that. No, definitely, definitely not. Um, and I think the reason they did move on from Leftwich instead of Bulls is because the defense actually played solid down the stretch and, you know, really throughout the course of the year. Um, whereas the offense was the offense was the reason they didn't win more games and the reason they didn't win this game. So um, I don't know if that's on Bry- Byron Leftwich. I don't know if it's on Tom Brady. I don't know if it's on 
Um, just maybe the lack of talent, even though it seems like they had a lot of talent, but their offensive line was banged up severely this year. That could be a huge part of it because Tom, Tom's kind of a microwave. I mean, he is 45 years old. So, I mean, what do you expect from him? Yeah. But he can't move. Whether it's on the fault of Byron Leftwich, I, uh, I do think Byron Leftwich is going to get hired almost immediately. Um, and if not as the offensive play caller, he's going to have a high role in uh, whatever team decides to hire him in their offense, I would imagine. Because, I mean, he was literally going to get a head coaching job last year. He, he was literally a lot yep. to get the Jaguars head coach. And then he's like, well, if I'm the head coach, I don't want Trent Baalke, which their GM. He has to be fired. And Shad basically said, no, we're, we're going to keep this guy for at least one more year. And uh, look at that, that decision might have uh, saved Jags fans in the future because they got a better hire in Doug Peterson. And I fully believe that. I, I remember saying, I in, like when we were previewing uh, or when we were reviewing the staff hires, I'm pretty sure that Doug Peterson got the highest grade from me. And that I was, I was very excited about that for Jaguars fans. And now look at it. So. Who would expected this though? Yeah, we both were. I remember. I mean, he's. Yeah. Here's the thing about Doug. He's never done anything that makes you want to hate him. Yet, obviously, that's all subject to change. But he never did, even when he was in Philly. So, um, and he won a Super Bowl in Philly. He looks like a fun guy. Guys want to play for him, Um, and he's a little bit of a quarterback. They they don't just want to play for him, but they want to die for him. Like there was literally a player that said exactly. that he would uh, die. He would take his own life to save Doug Peterson. You know how insane that is. You have to really love a guy to do that. Takes a lot. <laughs> um, but back to the Buccaneers game a little bit, you know, and their struggles on offense throughout the season. And they were, you know, Joe and Troy were really talking about this during the game. Um, the Buccaneers' lack of a run game, it has completely ceased to exist uh, this season. And when it wasn't working early, they would completely abandon it and not give it any type of shot during the second half of games anyway, which it's hard to blame them when you go seven carries, 24 yards. But in the NFL, you got to keep at it. You just have to. If you become one-dimensional, unless you're the greatest show on turf, which these guys obviously were not, um, you can't be one-dimensional really in the NFL as much. Uh, so, and that really hurt them. They couldn't run the ball. Um, and the big thing with Tom, Luke mentioned that he was a microwave. Well, not only that, but he was, you know, he became like check down Tom was increased heavily this year because he did not trust his protection at all this year in terms of the offensive line. And how can you, I mean, you know, a bunch of your starters are gone, even your uh, your regular starters have been banged up all year. They weren't able to provide enough time for Tom throughout the season. So not only was he throwing checkdowns, but if he was going to get hit on a throw and a play where they could have a big completion, a big time throw, a 20 yard plus throw, um, he wouldn't throw it because he was going to get hit. If he knew he had to take a hit, he was not going to throw it. And, um, you know, that was kind of his downfall this year. So, and, and that's why I also think he's going to be leaving Tampa Bay is because um, he doesn't really trust that offensive line and system anymore. And he wants to go somewhere where he does trust the system because if he, we obviously saw he still has 
the quarterback brain and the quarterback arm has not dwindled hardly at all. So if he gets that trust back and, you know, thinks to himself, oh, I can sit in this pocket and make those throws, Tom might be right back to normal, Luke. So um, that's why I think he is leaving. And I think that's a big part of the reason why the Buccaneers struggled so much this year. Obviously, still the biggest part probably coming back is to injuries. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, Donovan Smith, he was the left tackle, I do believe, for the Buccaneers. He had a phenomenal phenomenal year last year, and this year he was god-awful. Um, Tristan Wirfs, he's, he's still doing solid over there at the right tackle position. But Ryan Jensen, I mean, he literally tore his ACL on, like, the first play of training camp this year and was out the entire year. He didn't get surgery for some reason, but he came back for this game and was solid, but there's very few spots that I think would welcome in a Tom Brady. And that's why I don't, I don't think he leaves Tampa. I think they just improve that offensive line. Um, You know, they invest in the guard position. They invest in the left tackle position because that's kind of an essential that that's like a package with Tom Brady where I know a lot of people are talking about him going to the Raiders. Their offensive line isn't that great. It's old. It's aging. No. Um, now, obviously, San Francisco, they got the a great AFC offensive West. line. But, they, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's true. You're in the AFC West. It's, cool. it's true. But the 49ers, they have a good offensive line. That's also Tom Brady's, you know, growing up, that was his favorite team. But at the same time, they have enough quarterbacks on their own. They got Trey Lance, who they took with the third overall pick. Um, he's just battled injuries his entire career. He hasn't really gotten the chance. We don't know what he has. They got Brock Purdy right now, who's balling out. Um, so with those two guys, and then you also have Jimmy G, which I expect, I think he's a free agent after this year, actually. So he's probably not going to resign in, in San Fran, but you got those two guys, they're young, they're cheap, and they're probably ability wise, just as good as Tom Brady. Um, so why would they bring in an old 45 year old, you know, and maybe the mindset, but I just don't really see that, that being a good fit here. Um, and they're very, there's very few other teams I think that would take a chance. Like Seattle's a team that needs a quarterback. I don't think they'd do it. Uh, Houston, they need a quarterback, but Tom Brady's not going to Houston. Um, Carolina, maybe, maybe that's a spot where Tom Brady goes. I'm sure they would, they would welcome that in. Although their offensive line isn't the greatest either. Um, you're going to have to be running around. No. So that's why I think he goes back to Tampa because he, it's Florida. He likes Florida. He's he's an old guy. You know, old people like Florida, warm weather. There's no income taxes. He seems to like the organization a lot. Um, and I think he's going to come back next year more focused. Obviously, he had a lot of personal off-the-field stuff that went on this year. I think they just invest in that offensive line. He comes back. But where do you think he's going to go? Well, and so I said that I think he is going to leave. And I still do, but I do see your points. And a couple outside points as well, Luke. Um, Giselle and the kids are also still in Tampa Bay. Apparently they're right across the little uh, ocean way. So, you know, if he does St. Move, Petersburg, he's moving away from his kids as well. Yes, Saint, in St. Saint Petersburg. He's moving away from his kids as well if he does move. And I completely agree with you on the San Francisco thing. 
Brock Purdy is almost the cheapest quarterback you can have in the NFL due to the fact that he was drafted last and has one of the lowest salaries in the NFL at quarterback. Um, Trey yeah. Lance is honestly costing them way more than Brock Purdy, probably three or four times as much, honestly. Um, and this is another reason, Luke, why I don't think that's a good fit. Now, I am a believer that Kyle Shanahan has a big brain and can work with probably just about any quarterback, especially the GOAT. But his system right now that has been working very, very well in San Francisco now for a couple of years, that system involves the quarterback moving around quite a bit on via play action as well and under center stuff, which if you've been watching lately, not exactly Tom Brady's forte over the past couple of years, because yeah. as Luke mentioned, he is, a, like Ben is, was at the end of his career, a microwave. He is a microwave. Um, and I, it's, I can't even, I don't even know if Tom Brady would be able to keep up that kind of uh, play style that Shanahan's loving to run right now in San Fran. They would really have to adjust some things, which I'm not saying it wouldn't work if they adjust it, because like I said, you're combining Shanahan and Brady, two of the best football minds. But as of right now, that offense looks fine. And if it ain't fixed, don't, or if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, Luke? So that's what I think about that. Yep. Um, the Raiders, I think it's kind of the same spot as the Buccaneers, honestly. It's a little bit worse defense, but the offensive line is probably just as bad as the Buccaneers. But if you're the Raiders, you can do the same thing. You can get Tom Brady and invest in your offensive line, which is just the same thing that the Buccaneers would be trying to do, except they wouldn't have to acquire him. Um, he's already there, yeah. although they will have to acquire him, I guess, because he is a free agent. But Resign. A little different, but also kind of the same kind of thing, because you're right, their offensive line isn't that great, but he does have weapons over there. Um if he was to go there, he would have, in my opinion, top two NFL wide receiver probably still in Devontae Adams. I would only probably put Justin Jefferson ahead of him. And then I'd say Devontae Adams and probably Tyreek right now. Um, so you have that over there, and you have a great running back if they can bring him back. And Josh Jacobs, knowing the comp he wants to compete somewhere with the few run running back years that he has left, if you get Tom Brady – you're a Super Bowl competitor. That's just how it is. You know, that's like when LeBron goes to a new team, you know, it just, you're instantly a competitor or like if Luca yeah. was to change teams or Steph, you know, like that. Um, so that's a true possibility. I think maybe one of the best fits as well could be New York, the Jets, if they sure up their offensive line, because they have young offensive line pieces. They've just kind of been hurt. Um, like Mackay Becton um, and such. And that could work there because that's the piece that they were missing this year. If they had a, a mediocre quarterback, um, they probably win 10 or 11 games, which is pretty crazy. So that's a good landing spot, in my opinion. Um, after that, weird, it gets though. a little fuzzy. Like, it would be very weird. And I also don't think Miami's a great landing spot. Um he might want to go there to stay in Florida and so that he can get involved with the ownership. But at the end of the day, you have Tua. 
you have Tua. You don't yeah. have to go spend on a super expensive quarterback for one more or two years. You have Tua. So, um, and doctors said that Tua, sh- he should be like any other NFL player starting an NFL season next year if he takes the proper treatment and care of himself in this offseason. So, you know, I don't, I don't understand the bailing on Tua. I know it's Tom Brady, but it's going to be 46-year-old Tom Brady, you know. So, yeah. And Seattle is not is one that I just heard of as well today, much like you. Um, it seems Gino is, you know, he had such a good year that he's trying to cash in, and I don't blame him. Um, and it seems that the Seahawks might not be willing to pay that amount of money for him to cash in. So um, I guess that it will be – an open quarterback slot as well. Um, Texans doesn't make any sense, like you said. Um, Titans is an interesting one if they move on from Tannehill. Um, Bradle. But I think they they might also be looking to draft somebody and cut Malik Willis. <laughs> um, I have no idea what's going to go on there. Yeah. But, yeah, those are probably my best landing spots is probably – Probably Buccaneers, Raiders, and probably Jets if I had to pick a top three. And yet, at the end of the day, he yeah. probably won't land in that scenario. Spots. Makes sense. The The Jets make sense, but it, it's just weird. As many years as he spent in Boston, just to go to the Jets would be very, very weird. But then he'd be competing against, uh, against Bill twice a year. So we could really see, like, yeah. who's the – who's the top dog. But yet the Jets, football-wise, that might make the most sense because they got a young offensive line. Their defense is amazing. They have some young weapons at receiver with uh, Garrett Wilson. He's a stud. Uh, they got the white, scrappy receiver, Yeah, um, Braxton, Braxton Berrios. He's, literally like, the, they have yeah, wide he's literally like the Wes Welker, the Julian Edelman, the Scotty Miller of the Jets. I mean, it it's literally the perfect Brady team, but – it's the Jets, so who knows? But it's going to be a very interesting QB offseason with Lamar, one of the uh, top young quarterbacks in the game. He's actually the same age as the college football national champion quarterback, so that's a young quarterback. And let me just tell you that right there. And then you got Tom, the greatest of all time. And then you got Gino, who kind of a coveted guy coming out of college, but never really panned out. And then this year he balled out, so... I don't know. I think Gino will go back to Seattle. I think I think that was just kind of a perfect fit. Um, I, I I don't know. I feel like he might be willing to take a little bit more of a a pay cut to stay with Seattle just because he had such a good year there. But I don't know. Um, before we preview the divisional round, you got anything you want to talk about with the other games? I I think it's worth talking about the the Jags. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's, that was they, that was yeah one of the craziest things I've seen. But at the end of the day, Twitter, all of Twitter, and everybody's brain was thinking it at halftime when it was only twenty-seven to nothing, and it very well could have been twenty-four or thirty-eight. Twenty-seven to seven. Yeah, you're right. They did score right at the end. That still doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're all thinking 
oh my god, they can very easily blow this lead, and they are probably going to blow this lead because that is just what they do. And the way that their offense was playing, because like I said, it, the score, they should have had way more points on the board. They were not capitalizing at all on the uh, defense's takeaways, on Asante Samuel's interceptions, on that punt that bounced off the um, special team's yeah. head. Um, they were not capitalizing at all, and that's why I'm saying it should have been at least – it should have been at least 30 or 34 probably um, to seven at half. Instead, it was 27 to seven, and Trevor Lawrence – reverted back to Clemson, Trevor Lawrence against Alabama in the national championship game where he was just throwing touchdowns all night long to wide open receivers. He did a and they were wide open on some of their he did. You're right. He did. Four interceptions to four touchdowns. So um you gotta give it to him. But at the end of the day, this this honestly Luke, this might be more about the Chargers charging than the Jaguars making the comeback. Like, it's just an NFL yeah. staple point. And that is also why, Luke, <laughs> I think that's why this the Chargers should be the St. Louis Superchargers. They belong in Missouri. We are a state of misery, especially when you look at the Missouri Tigers football and basketball, especially football. Bring in another misery team of football. Bring us the St. Louis Superchargers. They would fit in perfectly, I believe, in terms of just straight-up misery and finding incredible ways to lose games that you would never even think of. Um, so that's my take on it. Yeah, uh, of course. I Jaguars, mean, you still have to give it to them for coming back, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Missouri thing with Mizzou basketball and football, but then you also have the Blues, who have historically been the team like that always gets in the playoffs, um, and then never like makes the finals. Kind of like the Vikings have been for the last thirty years or so. Um, that's what the Blues were until they won, and then the Cardinals are very slowly creeping into that stage where they just find ways to lose in the postseason that are unimaginable. Um, but yet, people are blaming. Brandon Staley for this game, like for some of the coaching blunders, which there were some things he could have done a little bit better, but some people are blaming uh, Justin Herbert. Some people are blaming the defense. I think there's two things here. I think it's more credit to the Jags and Doug Peterson for keeping those guys focused and like, you know, ready to come back and for calling some good plays. And then if you don't, if you do want to put some blame on the Chargers, I think you just blame it on them being the Chargers. It's as simple as that. Like, they have a curse. Exactly. I don't know who cursed them, but somebody cursed them. Like, the the owner of the Chargers must have made a deal with the devil. And it was like, all right, you can have a franchise quarterback forever. Like, from quarterback to quarterback, for, you know, from Dan Fouts to Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert, you're always going to have a really good quarterback that's going to keep your team uh, in the hunt always, but you're never going to do anything, and you're always going to you're always going to choke. They might have made a deal with the devil to do that, and uh, they are just forever cursed. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> and it's and it's it's pretty sad to watch unfold on live television. Not unexpected, but that doesn't oh, mean yeah. it's not sad to watch on live television, um, especially. 
when you expect it. It's honestly, it's almost sadder when you, ex- when you expect it. So, um, <laughs> you know, honestly, at the end of the day, Justin Herbert only score. I know it's the NFL and defenses can just step up sometimes, but when, you know, if you want to be considered even top five, Justin Herbert's got to be able to put up more than three points and he's got to be able to get a first down to seal the game at the end there. Um, he wasn't able to do that. So um, he's got a little ways to go, I think, maybe now. I think people were all coming down to earth about him yeah. a little bit. He's still got crazy arm talent and accuracy, and he's got – look, he has the dog in him. He still does. There's no question about that. It's just, you know, the dog hasn't been able to win as much, though. So um, <laughs> he's still got it, though. Um, but, yeah, I'm – I was going to be happy either way, whoever won. I was more pulling for the Chargers, I think I said last week. But um, I'm fine with the Jacksonville Chiefs matchup. I think it's good colors once again, and it's fun football. Yeah, exactly. And we can move into the divisional round if you want here. Um, In wildcard weekend, all six of the matchups were rematches from – some point in the year, like all of those teams that already played each other. And we have the same exact situation here, except I don't know if the 49ers and Cowboys played each other. That may be the one like difference, but the Jaguars and chiefs, uh, we can start off there. It's the early game on Saturday, Saturday afternoon in Arrowhead stadium, Patrick Mahomes and the boys are going to be humming. Um, and the Jags are going to be jagging off. But I, I think I heard like a report that Chief Saholic is out of jail and he's going to be at this game. Is that true? I have not seen that. Please. Wow. That's a big – hold on. I'm yeah. doing a little research on that real quick. I, I just saw something on the, show. on the internet. <laughs> Cannot confirm if it's true okay, or not, but it's sweet. Um, I but yeah, I anyway, don't see those... anything. Nothing that okay, says he's well, out this of is... jail. I'm gonna check his Twitter. It's an interesting matchup um, between. It's two interesting coaches. They're very fun coaches. Very interesting offensive-minded coaches and. They also both uh, worked for the Eagles and, and coached the Eagles at some point earlier in their past. Andy Reid uh, brought them to a Super Bowl, and Doug Peterson uh, won them a Super Bowl. So now these guys are battling it out to go to the AFC Championship. Um, and I know we did, like, the picks last week. I, you just got to pick the Chiefs here. The Chiefs are at home. They're the better team. The Jags are giving off, like, miracle run vibes. Um but Trevor Lawrence, he's he's never lost on a Saturday either. That's that's the thing. That stat, I don't know. He throughout his entire college career, high school career, never lost on a Saturday, um, which is very very interesting to say the least. You know how many games he's played on Saturday. But I feel like now that that stat is coming to life, like more people are finding out about that stat. Like as soon as it gets publicized and people know about it it tends to die. Um, kind of like the coin with the Jets earlier this year, whenever like 
it started being publicized, I remember you picked accordingly to the coin and I vetoed it because I was like, no, once, once the trend becomes public, it dies. Um, so that's what I'm getting from the vibes in this game. Uh, that's about all I got. It's my preview. Okay. I have an update. I have an update. Uh, Chief Saholic is not out of jail. It's just his oh. trial is tomorrow. But there is a, another development into this, Luke. Um, I believe the trial is being held in Tulsa for some reason. I guess I don't know if that's where the bank he robbed or close to where the bank he robbed. Um, it was in Oklahoma. So here's the thing, Luke. Sense. Okay, yeah, that makes okay. Thank you for that. Um, there is a gathering of Chiefs fans on Twitter that seem to be calling into work on this fine Friday tomorrow to call in sick to tailgate Chiefsaholic's trial tomorrow uh, before his trial. So we have a double game day situation, which could be problematic for some Chiefs fans. A double game day type situation back-to-back, which you just don't do in football. You just don't do it. You don't have the energy for that type of thing and injuries and all that. Well, they're going to have back-to-back games here. Chiefsaholic trial Friday and then Saturday your divisional game. So big slate for Chiefs fans. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough to knock the Chiefs out having to play back-to-back like this, but this this is a little concerning. I will say that. it's it's making my head spin a little bit that we have Chiefs fans going to tailgate Chiefsaholic's trial. I will say that. It doesn't, I'm not going to say it fully surprises me, but it surprises me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But I don't think it's going to factor in too much. You got the Chiefs Although, winning. Could this be the return of Jackson Mahomes this week? Is this the return of Jackson Mahomes? Uh, I don't know. I feel like Jackson Mahomes because, is a picture at this point. I feel like I feel like Patrick just shunned he's him away. Dead. He's like, nah. Because Jackson Mahomes, shout out to him. Classy move by him for once, Luke. No. At the end of last season, I believe it was, he said, out of respect for his brother, he would step away next season for the regular season games. Regular season's over, Luke. He might be in town to watch his big bro play at the stadium. So we have a couple of moving pieces here in the Chiefs universe here. We have the game and the comeback kids and the Jaguars. We have Chiefsaholic trial tomorrow with fans in attendance. (laughs) And we also have the possible return of Jackson Holmes. So... This might oh look. I'm not. It's the Jaguars. At the end of the day, it is the Jaguars. Chiefs got a lot on their plate right now, so um, yeah, that's true. Might be a little distracted. Let's see if they go bite off more than they can chew. So, but I do have the Chiefs. <laughs> All right, and it could be a look ahead spot as well because obviously we'll talk about that later, but. Anyway, uh, the Saturday night cap, divisional matchup in the divisional round, only fitting, Giants at Philadelphia Eagles, 
Um, the NFL has both the one seeds playing on the same day. Um, why not? No more Mr. Nice Guy, Daniel Daniel Dimes, going up against that Philly defense. Um, Jalen Hurts appears to be uh, healthy, I guess. I mean, he's still kind of got that the shoulder stuff going on. But, yeah. you know, the, the bye week had help with that. And the Eagles are the one seed. They're the best team in the regular season. And I just I just don't see the Eagles. You know what? In order to be right all four games, you got to pick a random one. I said earlier in the season, I'm getting the vibes that the Eagles are not that team. They're not them. There's just I can't even tell you why, but they're not Super Bowl contenders. Even before the 49ers like came up with this massive burst, they're and the Eagles are like the only good team in the NFC. I was thinking there's just something about this Eagles team that is inconsistent and it's going to let them down in the playoffs. They, you know what they say, it's hard to beat the same team three times. Um, obviously, that <laughs> saying moved to 21-14 and 14 this weekend with the 49ers beating the Seahawks for the third time. I think this is the scenario where the Giants maybe avoid the sweep. And, you know, the Giants always seem to pull some type of devil magic out of their magic hat in the playoffs. And that was with Eli Manning, but guess who's being coached by Eli Manning? Um, Daniel Jones. So... This could be a scenario where the Giants just go in and absolutely shock everyone. And it's not going to be easy. It will be close. But I have I have the Giants. Oh, man. That was, out of all the games, that was going to be my upset pick as well. And for this reason, Luke. Oh, really? If Daniel, if Daniel Jones plays the same... As he played last week, I think they win because you know how you're saying Jalen Hurts is healthy, right? Maybe healthy, maybe, maybe. healthy. Is he? I I think he's probably seventy, maybe seventy five percent, with the possibility that he's only about like sixty five percent. Um, and if Daniel Jones, he was cooking last week. Him and Dak were cooking. Um, so if Daniel, this is what I will say, obviously not a very bold statement, but if Daniel Jones plays the same way that he played last week, I think they win. I just do because he played that good. And if he can keep it up, then they're going to win. But I'll say this, Luke. And, uh, since you're going to, you know, if you, since you're taking the giants, I'll take the Eagles here. This is what I'm going to say. The Eagles defense Point blank is not the Vikings defense, and that's why I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna take the Eagles here. Um, so, but yeah, I do. That's my favorite underdog of the divisional round as well is the Giants. I think if okay, Danny Dimes plays that way. Yeah, I don't know. The Eagles are done. Yeah. No, I don't think that he can. I I just don't see him matching that performance, but. Also, Saquon only ran the ball nine times last week. So you have to think that he's he's pretty ready to go for this week, and he's ready to be worked like a horse, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I mean, he ran the ball nine times. Most running backs run it probably 20 times a game. Uh, maybe not anymore. Maybe it's like 15. But for a guy like Saquon, you figure get him involved. Um, and he had some big runs as well. So expect Saquon to have 
a really big game. But that Eagles, de- they're good. The Eagles defense is good, and that's why um, I was hesitant to pick the Giants. But, hey, you got to stick to the take um, and that the Eagles are – Eagles were going to choke before the Super Bowl. That was my prediction, so got to stick with it. Everyone kind of maybe expects them to lose to the 49ers next week, but let's just get it out of the way now. Let's just have the Giants win now. And who would have thought the Giants would be in this situation at the beginning of the year? No one. Um, and I'll, then – I'll tell you what, though. If the Giants do win and they have to play the 49ers, I will be rooting so hard for the Giants. So hard. Uh, so hard. I mean, I, I've, I, I've told you this before. Never been a 49ers fan in my entire life. I don't hate them as much right now. But, man, I would become a huge Giants fan if they play the 49ers. Now, if it's Giants-Cowboys, Cowboy Cam is returning. So I will say mm. that. So I don't think you got to worry about that. I do not think you have to worry about a Cowboys Giants <laughs> matchup. I'm just I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I, I don't think both those teams win. But as a Packers fan, I had a great time last week when the Vikings lost. Um, and if the 49ers lose, I will have a fantastic time because those are the two teams that have had to be eliminated. As long as those two teams were eliminated, I did not care who won the Super Bowl. Um, check one, the easy team per se is out. So now we just need the 49ers to lose at some point. And unfortunately, I think the Eagles are probably the best bet to do that before the Super Bowl. Uh, but two teams that could do it in the Super Bowl will be playing against each other. And this is probably the best matchup of the week, um, game of the week. It's certainly everyone's must watch of the week. Um, I'm surprised they didn't put this in. Sunday night prime time at five thirty, but I mean, all because the Cowboys. You do what you got to do. So it's at, yeah, it's at two p.m. on Sunday. Bengals at the Bills. Um, maybe a little bit of injustice for the Bengals. This maybe should have been a coin toss to determine home field or be played in a neutral site like the AFC Championship game. Um, as we all remember, these two teams were set to square it off in the second to last week of the year on Monday Night Football. Played about half a quarter, um, and the Bengals won seven to three. Uh, before you know, the Demar Hamlin, he literally collapsed on the field with a heart attack. This is a Demar Hamlin game. Uh, he's going to be there. I, I would imagine he's there in the stadium. He might even do this. This would be a wrap, but he might even do a walk out of the tunnel. Like if he walks out of the tunnel yep. with the team it's going to be really hard to see the Bengals win. Like the Bengals are a really good team. They're playing really well right now, but the bills are playing for their guy. Um, Bill's mafia. They're rooting for their guy. You know, if, if you're talking about quarterbacks in this game, uh, give me Joe Burrow because he's just, he, he's postseason Joe. He's better. I, I just feel like he's a better quarterback. Josh Allen has a better peak, but he's got some Brett Favre in him. Well, he will just not care, and he'll just throw the ball downfield um, at very stupid times, throw a dumb pick. And he's been very turnover prone the last, like the second half of the year. And we saw he made three turnovers against the Miami Dolphins defense, who is nothing special at all. So just wait till you find out about the Bengals' playoff defense. Um, this is 
you can't even go wrong with this game. If you pick the Bengals and the Bills win, you're like, okay. If you pick the Bills and the Bengals win, okay. I, man, I, I'm, I'll be rooting for the Bills in this game, but I also like the Bengals, so it doesn't really matter. But it, this is the Bills' year. This is the Bills' year. They were preseason favorites at the beginning of the year. Um, they're playing for their their guy, their injured teammate. Josh Allen, I they're going to step up. I, I see the Bills uh, winning the Super Bowl, but in this game, something just – I can't pick against the Bengals right now. So give me the Bengals. They're they're pissed off that 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 they're getting well, treated unfairly okay. here I thought you were, um, in this matchup. I thought you were going to take the Bills after you said the Demar Hamlin thing because my pick is the Bungles. I'm going with the Bungles, and I'm going with this logic. Kirk Herbstreet always said on NCAA 14, he always says it, and he always says it in real life as well. Luke, sometimes you get too psyched up for a game. Sometimes there's a little bit too much emotion involved. I think that's what happens. And I think you've probably started to realize this as well. I'm not the hugest, I'm not the biggest Josh Allen believer, and I'm going to spew the same stuff that you just spewed. He's very turnover prone. Um, his peak is probably, his his true peak is probably the best, although I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback. But Josh Allen's true peak, um, which we saw last year in the playoffs, is probably the best quarterback. I'm still taking the Bengals on the road, which is going to be wild if both the Eagles and the Bills go down this week. I don't know if both of them can go down in terms of the football universe, the balance of it, but I think the football universe might fall out of balance. If both of them go down, the balance will be out of balance. Um, I will say that. So (laughs) There will um, be no balance. Yeah, I want the Bengals – yeah, there won't be. Um, it it will be all tipped towards the Chiefs, I would believe. Um, but I'm going to take the Bengals here as well. Uh, and I think it's going to be – there might be too much emotion for once. And sometimes you get too psyched up for a game. Um, now, there is a way to trump that. And if DeMar Hamlin – is thrown through a table, then I think all bets. Oh my! I think that actually even I think that actually even trumps the too much emotion card. If he if Demar Hamlin is thrown through a table, um, then I would switch my pick. <laughs> I really would, but because that. <laughs> so um, yeah, and it's interesting because last week. We said mail it in, just mail it in. If you're the Dolphins, no chance. And they did have a chance. Well, I, I'll be honest, because since it was the Dolphins, I wasn't expecting Josh Allen to have three turnovers. Um, and I also thought that the Bills were going to cheat because there was multiple reports that they were going to bring out DeMar Hamlin for that game instead, um, which were, yeah. was later proved false because he didn't show up. Um. And the Bills are going to cheat this week, and it's going to backfire, I believe. So, 
yeah, not a whole lot of in-game analysis in this one, except that Josh Allen has been turning it over a little bit. Because I know you said the Bengals' uh, playoff defense is elite, and I agree it's good. But the Bills' offense is also elite and electric. Uh, I think the Bills' offense is more elite than the Bengals' playoff defense, and that's just my opinion. But I still think the Bengals are going to win. Um, I think Joe Burrow is okay. going to be the reason for it. So, yeah, yeah, like I said, the quarterback, give me Joe Burrow. But since you picked the Bengals, we got to go ahead. I got to pick up games on you. The one game that we went head-to-head on last week, I lost. <laughs> I took Tom Brady because I was like, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, give me Tom Brady. So I just said in the Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, give me Joe Burrow. So why not? I'm I'm going the Bills. I'm switching to the Bills right now. Um, I'm I'm in Bills Mafia, but unfortunately, it seems whatever team I root for in the playoffs, they tend to lose in heartbreaking fashion. So, to any Bills fans out there, I apologize because me joining Bills Mafia will probably ruin your team's chances of winning a Super Bowl this year. Um, but hey, we're we're running it for it this week. Yeah, and if Demar Hamlin, if he gets if he gets thrown through a table, that's basically like pressing the force win button in Madden. Like the Bengals have no chance at that point. They might as well just forfeit the game, pack it up, go home um, because that would get the crowd absolutely hyped. And there might be multiple streakers on the field in this game, but it's in Buffalo. I hope it snows. I hope there's some bad weather in the forecast. Um. But yeah, that's that's and you said there was really no in-game analysis, and here's the in-game analysis. Both these teams are really good. Um, there's a lot of talent on both sides. It's going to be a good game. That's the in-game analysis. There's, I mean, you can't really say this is better than that. This is better than that, just because they're very evenly matched teams, and it's just gonna, it's really just gonna come down to pretty much who has the ball last. I would imagine. Um, and there hasn't been any overtime games yeah. yet. And this will be a fun game to test out the new overtime rule in. So let's see what Roger and the script writers have cooked up. And then finally, before we end the, the uh, preview for divisional round, let's cap it off with the Cowboys at 49ers for the Sunday night nightcap. And I know you're on the Cowboys train. But the 49ers are an absolute wagon right now. They are, they are steamrolling teams through the ground. Like, literally, in just the, the snap of fingers, they can go from being down three points to being up by three touchdowns. Um, it's insane how much they capitalize off the other team's mistakes. Like, that's literally the biggest thing. And this is how you beat the 49ers. You ready? You win the turnover battle. They showed a stat on the broadcast. I don't know if you remember seeing it, but during the regular season, the 49ers were 13-0 when they won the turnover battle or were even. They were 0-4 when they lost the turnover battle. That's that's it. Now they're 14-0 when they win or even with the turnover battle. So if you want to beat the 49ers, you got to create more turnovers. That that's That's the key to victory in this one. And... The Cowboys' defense does have the ability to do that with Trayvon Diggs, Mr. Interception, and, uh, you know, what's the guy's name? Demarcus Lawrence on the defensive line and Micah Parsons. They have the ability to maybe maybe get a strip sack or something, but this 49ers team has playmakers. Don't forget Armstrong. 
That's I think he got hurt last game though. Um, but they have playmakers at every single level. They have playmakers at the offensive line, the running back, um, the wide receiver, tight end. They have playmakers on the defensive line. They have probably maybe the best defensive lineman in the game, maybe the best linebacker in the game. Um, and then they have playmakers at corner and defensive back. It's just this, this team's a wagon. Um, the only thing is that Kyle Shanahan doesn't really have a good playoff resume as a head coach or as a assistant coach. Um, he tends to have a blunder in the postseason, to say the least, whether it's in the Super Bowl, whether it's right before the Super Bowl. But you know who else doesn't have a good playoff resume? Uh, that's the Dallas Cowboys. They haven't made an NFC Championship game since 1995, and I think it continues to do that. Uh, the the San Francisco ends, the San Jose ends, whatever you want to call them, are going to be out in San Fran. And I'm not a big Cowboys guy. This is a verbal meme here. This is the Hitler versus Stalin for me. Um, I, I do not like the Cowboys, and I absolutely despise the 49ers. But, hey, I'm joining the Cowboy Cowboy Cam train in this, this week because I want the Cowboys to win, but I just can't pick them because the 49ers are a wagon. I don't see any other team coming out of the NFC but them. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, Luke, I feel like I'm being a little reckless with my picks here, but Cowboy Cam rides on. He does. I'm taking the Cowboys. I think oh – God. And I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm doing a lot of picks this week off of quarterback play. I really am. I'm doing a lot of picks off quarterback play. I'm betting on the fact that if Dak attacked Prescott, if he plays the same way he did last week, they win. Um, I said the same thing about Daniel Jones, um, but I'm I'm going to pick the Cowboys here. And like you said, they have the dudes to do it. They really do. So do the 49ers. Don't get me wrong. Now, this is where I think the Cowboys are going to win, though. It's not Dak. Um, Kyle Shanahan – is going to scheme up a plan to stop Micah Parsons because he has to. He just has to. And I think he will scheme up a plan to stop him. Now, that still leaves Demarcus Lawrence to wreak havoc as well. And that also leaves Leighton Vanderesh to fill gaps and even all of a sudden play good defense in the passing game. So I think they might be able to slow down Micah Parsons. But that defensive front seven is a unit, and uh, I don't know if Brock Purdy has seen one as good as this yet. I'm not sure if he has yet, um, and I think that's where they win this game. I do think Dak has a good game because he has to to have them win, but I think it's Dallas's front seven that wins them another playoff game, and Cowboy Cam is picking the Cowboys, so... Um, I don't know where all this came from, this Cowboys love <laughs> at the end of the season. I think it's the pattern, and I really do think – I mean, the Cowboys, they have one of the best rosters. They just do, but also the Eagles have one of the best rosters. We're down to the, the three of the four best rosters in the NFC, um, you know, Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, three best rosters. Um, yeah, so um, that was one thing that was interesting in the AFC, actually. None of the away teams won. It was all 
all home teams won. So we have a one, four, two, three matchup. So um, NFC, obviously, a which little is different. beautiful. Yeah, the Giants shakes. It is. No, it is beautiful. And we had the Cowboys shake things up. So I'm yes, excited, that, though. That, that is I am for very sure. Excited. And it, it always feels like divisional week is they have some of the best matchups and some of the best games. Uh, like last year's divisional round was probably the best week in football in history, at least in my history that I've been mm-hmm. watching football. Um, I don't know if you remember, but that was the, that was the chiefs bills game. Obviously that, you yes, know, that was. whole fiasco that also had the, the bucks Rams game where the Rams were up by a huge margin and the bucks almost came back and won. Um, you also had Tom the Brady went 49ers and Packers game. Yeah, you had the 49ers Packers game, which is sad for me, but that was also an incredibly good game. Jimmy G Masterclass. Uh, yeah, the the score no touchdowns, but but win the game. The classic Jimmy G stat. Uh, and then <laughs> what was the other game? Oh, the Bengals Titans. I think is what I'm thinking of. Um, which that yeah, was upset. that was probably the worst because game of all, the- but it was also a fun upset. So, yeah. Um, interesting, interesting for sure. So hopefully we get another repeat of that weekend because that was insane. Um, and I just want to shout out some guys in the trenches because especially in the NFC, we have some very fun in the trenches battles. Micah Parsons going against Trenton Williams, one of the best left tackles in the game. Uh, Nick Bosa going against Tyron Smith, one of the best right tackles in the Mm -hmm. game. And then on the NFC side, you have... Dexter Lawrence. Now, this is an interesting one. Dexter Lawrence, the nose tackle, going against Jason Kelsey, the center for the Eagles. Um, that's also a fun matchup, too. So the guys in the trenches, they don't get a lot of love, but these are some very interesting matchups that are going to be fun to watch this weekend. And uh, that wraps it add up. Add one more to your card. Uh, here, one more here to add to your card. Kevon Thibodeau, I think, is going to be going up against the injured Wayne Johnson. So oh, add nice. that one on to your card as well. Kayvon Thibodeau Either is that or he's going against Landon season. Yes. Dickerson. He's either going against uh, Lane Johnson or Landon Dickerson who are, they're both pro bowlers. So it's a fun matchup for sure. Um, yep. And I'm excited to say the least. So I got, we both have the chiefs and then we differ on every single game. So, Going head to head a lot. Uh, before That's we get nice. to fantasy corner, let's shout out the Blues. the uh, The Blues scored five goals in the second period, um, and they won five to two. So, a little fun stat there from the Blues over taking six. off a division rival and in, in the Predators. We need that. Um, and let's get to fantasy corner. All right, so all I'll right. go first again. Well, we all know who starts off first. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Let's just keep the tradition. Um, my stardom is, I have two of them, but the first one is overs. So I already mentioned this, but the overs hit in five out of the six games. And literally, if Brett Maher would have just made one of the four extra points that he missed, we would have had an overs sweep. So maybe, I don't know what the gambling trend would be. Do you just keep riding the wave and keep betting the overs? Or do you think, oh, maybe unders are due? and bet the unders. Um, me personally, I'm getting on the overtrain. Um, and then next week in Championship Sunday, that's when the unders are going to come into play. But 
That's one of them. And stay on the gambling topic. My other stardom is offshore sports gambling. So if you've been following my Twitter, you know I've been tweeting out like uh, gambling picks for every night. I'll tweet out like eight to ten picks that I like. Last week I did really, really good. This uh, Yesterday I only did it on Wednesday, and I went two and seven. So not a good week this week. But I've been looking for a way to actually like start making money off it. But I don't know. The only way to do it in Missouri – because it's not legal in Missouri, is to go through like an offshore account. So whether that's like in Bermuda or whether it's in the Bahamas, which a lot of them are in the Bahamas, you just all you have to do is you have to be 18. That's the only requirement. There's no because it's it's in the Bahamas, so they don't really care. They can't arrest you or anything for breaking the law. Um, so it would be legal. However, the bank that I use my card with will not allow international purchases unless like I go in and write a personal statement for it. So this is a tough scene because I can't make a deposit, but maybe it's better. Maybe it's better that way, you know, because why do, why do these Probably. casinos have money in the first place? <laughs> yeah, it might be, it might yeah, be better exactly. in the first place, but my stardom, they're, they're still my stardom. Also, because trying to figure out a way. <laughs> Also, Bermuda wouldn't recommend uh, just because your money oh, might no. disappear forever. Just Bermuda. <laughs> um, so Yeah. Well, it's actually funny because you think, oh, offshore gambling accounts, like these are unsafe. They're sketchy. Some of these are so big, like Bavada, um, Bet Online Sports. Those are the two biggest ones. Their reputation is like so big that they're almost as big as FanDuel or – uh, DraftKings, like some of those, like they don't they don't have laws to follow like inside their country, but they still have a reputation to keep, and so they're not going to like screw you out of money or anything. So it's actually kind of interesting how big this business is getting. And then uh, my sitem, this is a this is a very weird sitem because I didn't have one <laughs> coming. Like I was literally writing the script like five minutes before the show, and I was like, I don't have a sitem. Um, and I was scrolling on my Snapchat stories and, uh, I went through Livy Dunn's and she, her foot is in a cast. So I would assume that she broke her foot or something. So my sitem is Livy Dunn's foot. Probably not for what you were thinking. I wrote that down for Cam, but it is broken or hurt or sprained or something. And so, you know what, just sit them. Anyone who's going to watch because you know what, last, last year I went and saw a gymnastics meet simply because of her. And I actually had a great time there. So anyone who's going to watch Livy Dunn, because you probably won't be able to because she's hurt. So, And then my sleeper is uh, Andy Reid. This is an Andy Reid masterclass setup um, against the Jags. The Chiefs are going to pull some yes. shit in this game. It, it's as simple as that. Um, Andy Reid is going to draw up a wild play that no one is going to see coming. And you know what? It's going to work out, and people are going to be like, how do the Chiefs do it? They're just trolling on this team. So my sleeper is watch out for an Andy Reid play. And you're you're absolutely right, Luke, because and you said <laughs> this is set up so perfectly, and it is, because it's the Jaguars at the end of the day. It's their jet it's the Jaguars defense. Not in Arrowhead State. Great. Definitely not definitely not mediocre. That I would say they're probably one notch. Below or above good, that is all Andy Reid needs to 
pulls some wild stuff out of his hat um, in terms of crazy play calls. This, honestly, Luke, I know you said that you want to ride the waves for the overs. I think this might be our only shot at the at any overs this week um, because, once again, you have Giants and Eagles interdivisional game. That's usually under. Um, Cowboys 49ers, I think, is going to be a front seven game on both sides of the ball. That's probably under in terms, if you had to ask me, um, maybe Bills, Bengals, but usually it seems like as of late – uh, games that we expect the Bills to be high scoring are low scoring, and games that we expect to be low scoring with the Bills are high scoring. So it seems to be the opposite lately. Um, so that's why I think uh, this Jags Chiefs one might go over, and I think it might be strictly only because of the Chiefs. I think this might be our only bad game this week is uh, this Jags Chiefs game. So that's my take on it. Um, we'll see, though. Um, yeah, that's over to such my a fantasy game. corner. Uh, my stardom, Lucas, is Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that face, Mike did it. And I'll say this, Luke. I don't know if he listened. I highly doubt he did. But his face on Monday night was not that fat. It wasn't that fat, and I think a big part of that had to do with it wasn't as hot as maybe people were expecting it to be me in Tampa Bay. It wasn't that hot. I think it was like in the 50s or 40s. He had a really cool sweatshirt on that would have made him look extra fat if they lost, but they won convincingly. Yes, definitely. And Mike McCarthy, offensive playing calling coach, Obviously, Kellen Moore is the OC, but he's an offensive-minded coach. Their offense looks spectacular. We went from one of Dak's, probably his worst game of his NFL career, to his best night and day. And the guys like Mike McCarthy. He's smiling so much. The players are smiling so much. The coaching staff loves Mike McCarthy right now. I think the only person that might not like Mike McCarthy that much is Jerry Jones. So um, we'll see what happens (laughs) there at the end of the year. But I think – Everybody, everybody is riding with Mike, including me. Um, as you know, I like Mike. Um, I understand why you don't like Mike as much, but I like Mike. Um, ah, so I honestly think Mike might have a few tricks up his sleeve. He is fat, and I love him for it, but I think he might have a few tricks up his sleeve. Um, you know, we've heard some other people talk about his watermelon history. I don't know if he'd pull out a watermelon for the playoffs, especially when they're winning. But I think he might have something up his very thick sleeves. So we're going to see. But my stardom is Mike McCarthy. And obviously I'm starting him here as well because I'm picking the Cowboys and based off their performance last week. So Mike McCarthy, I'm starting him. And my second stardom, Luke, is Carol Baskin's formerly dead husband. So according to multiple Valid news sources. Uh, Carol Baskin's husband, um, if you may not, I'll take you down memory lane here. Back in 2020, I know that feels like forever ago, we're approaching three years when Tiger King was released. Um, And I had to do a double take on this a couple hours ago when I was thinking about this. In 2020, if you watch the show, 
you were pretty convinced that this guy was dead. Carol Baskin's first husband, because not only did you think that he was either just dead or throughout the show, you were starting to be swayed to that Carol Baskin's fed his ass to the tigers and let him kill him. Um, There was, you really felt that way towards the end of the show, especially. Um, And it also just didn't seem likely that, her husband would just jump ship completely because he had all these assets and all this money and he wasn't going to get to keep really any of it. And he had daughters who didn't get any of it. It all went to Carol. But as it turns out, Luke, Carol has Carol Baskin's formerly dead husband pronounced dead in 2002, 21 years later, Luke, we have confirmed that Carol Baskin's dead husband is indeed alive in Costa Rica. So there you go. My stardom mm. is Carol Baskin's dead husband for pulling that one off. So, yeah. Um, Makes you wonder what Hitler's story. And it's, yeah, it does make me, you know, just, I, you know, maybe I might, I might be able to throw in the Andes mountain range into my stardom as well. If you want to go down the Hitler road. Um, but, no, I don't want to go down um, that train. I, I regret saying that comment. You don't want to go on Hitler's train? Uh, mm, that, I don't think that worked out very well for many people. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to pass. No. Um, okay. Going on That's the okay. Hitler train did not work out Maybe well. Maybe another time. But it just makes you wonder, like, if a guy who – I mean, this show was literally, like, the biggest show of 2020, of the pandemic, and everyone thought that this guy was fed to the Tigers, and he's just been hiding out in Costa Rica. It just – with all the media and yep. stuff that happens today, it just makes you think, like, what someone could have done in 1945, um, where we thought that he killed himself. <laughs> who knows, you know? We thought that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself, but who knows at the same time. So, we, all right, we're getting off topic here. I, I'm going way down a path, but well, it makes you wonder. It just well, makes, it's the the brain, makes the brain think. Yeah. It makes the brain good. go. We're supposed to think. Um, my mm-hmm. sitem is Tusk the Fifth, Luke. Um, Tusk the Fifth, if you don't know who that is, that is Arkansas's. Uh, Razorback Hog, their uh, mascot that's not in a mascot costume, kind of like Smokey or Uga. Um, you know, his ass died yesterday. So uh, tough scene, <laughs> but I'm sitting, I'm sitting Tusk. <laughs> and not only that, I was a little worried that Tusk died yesterday. That that was going to channel Arkansas to a victory. No, Tusk's ass. Was he died in vain? So um, maybe Tusk the sixth can bring a little more luck to Arkansas, but Tusk fifth, see ya, sleeping with the fishes. So I'm sitting them. Um, my sleeper is once again Luke Isaiah Mosley, but on the flip side of the pillow. Time. Uh, he's very much awake. Um, he may have looked like a ghost. Mm-hmm. In this one, if you looked at his eyes and his face, um, he kind of looked like a dead man walking, which maybe uh, 
that's part of the reason why he hasn't been playing in terms of emotional issues and stuff like that and personal issues because um, he did look like a dead man walking, a ghost. But I'm putting him as more of a traditional sleeper pick here because he wasn't that bad last night. And he is a scoring threat every single time he touches the ball, and that's why he was so highly coveted. And he showed that in little glimpses last night. Um, even when he wasn't shooting the ball well at first, he just kept going, and it worked out. And he's pretty aggressive on defense. Uh, he is kind of a statue on offense when he doesn't have the ball, but they were at all at times doing that actually last night, as I noticed later on. But, yeah, this is kind of – me and my father, we kind of reference this to as it's almost like you're picking up a free agent during the middle of the season – that is pretty damn good, Luke. And if he mm -hmm. continues to play, this could be a huge, yeah, this could be a huge acquisition as we get into some more important basketball here. Obviously, January, February, March. Um, no, this is big uh, for uh, the you Tigers, said that wrong. And it's big for Mosley. You were mistaken on that. It actually goes January, February. Izzo, we all know that. Don't you dare say Izzo. I don't know if it's Izzo. You knew year. it was coming. That's why I was uh, thinking it. Don't worry. I was thinking it, but I don't think it's Izzo this year. Uh, I just don't. But although they have been hot lately, they started off really slow, but they have been hot. I think they went on a seven game winning streak the other day, but I think they lost again. So um, they won today. They beat 23 ranked but, Rutgers. So yeah, that's another thing. Uh, the Big 12 is so damn good. I know that's Big Ten. Big Ten. You were just talking about the Big Ten, but the Big 12 is so damn good. Um, but, yeah, Isaiah Mosley, sleeper again, but this time for a good reason. So, yeah, that's our fantasy corner. And Tusk is dead. Not Carol Baskin's husband. <laughs> and not rest in peace either. No offense to him. No. But. Yeah, but we sure offense. Tusk is dead. We we sure that Tusk he isn't like Logan Paul's pig that ended up on the side of the road. Are, are we sure about that? It's not the same situation. No, like this, he's, he's, no. he's dead. It's confirmed. This fat ass is dead. Okay. This fat ass is dead. Yeah, he's gone. Okay. He's like the queen. Okay. All right. All right. So we got an hour twenty-two. We're a little short of the hour and a half mark. We could, if you wanted to, run a simulator. See if the Giants make the Super Bowl. And it would be a shorter simulator this week because we okay. don't have to do wild card weekend. So we can start off with the Chiefs at uh, – or God, I apologize. The Jaguars at the Chiefs, of course. And last week we didn't run the simulator on the air, but it was the Chiefs versus Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Um, so as we can see, the simulator sometimes goes off track and they just – they just take something that, you know, is completely unrealistic, um, like the Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, sometimes. Or a Falcons Super Bowl. Oh, my God, that was a it was a wild ride. But back when the 49ers were the seventh seed, they won a Super Bowl over the Ravens uh, at one point. So who knows? Maybe the simulator saw the future. But anyway, the Chiefs do beat the Jags 42-30. Uh, to 30. 
That's a real score. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I could see 42-30. Yeah, no, that's definitely that's the over. over. Yeah, 72 yeah. points. Oh, man. So now we have Bills, Bengals, and the Bills win 27-7. to So sets up the Bills, Chiefs, uh, uh, neutral site game. But before we get to that, we'll go to the NFC. So we got the Philadelphia Eagles playing at home, hosting the New York Giants. That team, I would imagine the Eagles win this. Yeah, 38-27 Eagles. Um, I didn't really expect any other result. Then we have the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. And mm, I don't know about this result, Cam. The Cowboys do win. So Cowboy Cam moves on, but it's 13 to 7 is the final score. And all the trenches I, I don't and see, they got into Brock Purdy's head. I don't see a scenario where this game only has 20 points scored. Like this is this is a shootout type of game. I'm getting the vibes. So hey, whatever. No, the Eagles I'm and the Cowboys you, will play the in the under. NFC championship. Okay, well, whatever. I'm taking the over in this one big time. 49ers have scored like 30 points every single week. Oh, my God. No way. For the first time since 1995, the Cowboys will be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. 34-30 to 30 over the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Um, Unreal. And now we have a dilemma because I have to pick a home team and an away team. But the Bills Chiefs is at a neutral site. That doesn't change. Who's the home team? Who's the away team here? The Bills have the head-to-head, but the Chiefs technically were a half game above them. What's fair here? Um, I think the Chiefs are home. Okay, since they're the one seed. Yes. Well, you know what we could do? We could do a scenario where they flip, like, Chiefs at home, Bills away, and then Bills at home, Chiefs away, and until someone sweeps, we just keep going. I could try no. that. It Chiefs might take a while. Home. Okay, so the Chiefs. Chiefs at home. The stadium, Luke, is red. It's Chiefs at home. <laughs> All right, well, the Chiefs just won 45-27. to 27. Just for fun, let's see what happens if the Bills are at home. Okay, the Chiefs still win, 34-27. to 27. So it didn't matter. Thank you. The Chiefs win no matter what. So it's the Chiefs in the Super Bowl versus the Cowboys. Um, This might get ugly. But, hey, you know, the simulator, when they pick a a team to go on a Cinderella run, they stick with them. So I don't know. Let's let's see what the simulator says. Uh, No. Chiefs. Chiefs win 24-13. So for back-to-back weeks – the Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions, according to the simulator. So uh, if you're a betting man, maybe bet a Chiefs uh, future. And then if you lose, then you can blame it on the simulator. But simulator has not been on crack as of recently, even though it has the Cowboys and the Seahawks going to Super Bowls in back-to-back weeks. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see with that. <laughs> That's it. That was a short yeah. simulator. I like you're that massive simulator. Cowboy. 
I, I don't know. Right. It, it literally is just the Hitler versus Stalin meme for me. 49ers, Cowboys. There's no winner in that scenario for me. Um, Even though, actually, no, there I, is a winner. You know, because I the get... Packers beat the Cowboys earlier this year. So if the Cowboys like go on a run, then we could say, oh, you know, we we beat the NFC champions. Oh, yeah. If you use Who the knows? sicko adjacent win thing. Yeah, the Packers are pretty much your Super Bowl champ. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but, pretty much. Uh, I know, you know, no, we... if you're not from or if you're, you know, there's Cowboys fans littered all over the country. They just are. It's like Notre Dame. It's like um, Lakers and Yankees fans. You know, they're littered everywhere. Um, and, you know, I'm Cowboys are not – obviously one of my favorite teams either. And I actually love hating them. I have some family members that are Cowboys fans and it was always so funny during the Tony Romo years when they would like lose on Thanksgiving. My favorite one actually was when they lost to Cam Newton on Thanksgiving. That was an, a f- super funny game, but I don't know. I, I, I find myself kind of pulling for these guys for once. Um, and I also said this is probably the least I've hated a 49ers team in a really long time. Um, so it's it's the battle of not the usual hate, but I, I just – I'm rooting for the Cowboys this time around. It's weird. Um, now, if it's Cowboys-Chiefs in the Super Bowl, that would be a real dilemma for me. Like the simulator like I'd have to ride. Like if You know, yeah, exactly. I feel like I'd have to ride with the Cowboys just – because the cowboy cam continuation, if it gets that far, but um, I do find myself cheering for the the Chiefs as of late over the past couple of years in the playoffs, just because they are from Missouri and we do love Mahomes. So, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, that's we have our some show breaking news, much. but yeah, we have some breaking news. I can't say it right now, but I will tell you in a second when we quit recording this, but we'll announce the news next on next week's show. So, um, yeah, that's the show. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. That was, that was also a bonus sleeper that I had is, you know, maybe just, uh, watch out at the tight end position at Mizzou. So anyway, that's our show. Enjoy a great weekend of football. And, uh, We'll see everyone next week.